Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by PTs. The best happy hour in town, 5 to 7 p.m. and midnight to 2 a.m. It's time for JT The Brick. I am specifically calling out some of the loud voices in the Raider Nation. We are now, as Dave Ziegler laughs, big boy radio. What, what are we talking about? Look, the elephant in the room is, you're great fans in the Raider Nation. There's no one walking through that door. It's Jimmy G. Get behind him. Jimmy G does get banged up a lot. I don't like reminding you that Jimmy G gets hurt. You remind me of that too much. Some people like to vocalize it and put it out there. Some people like to keep it in and just let their play do the talk. Jimmy G this, Jimmy Jimmy G's going to be that. No, Jimmy G's healthy. JT the Brick. So let me repeat that again. What is it going to take for you to buy into Jimmy G? There's not a game on the schedule where Jimmy Garoppolo with this offense doesn't give you the opportunity to win every bleeping game. That's kind of how we've always been. I ain't changing. Did I miss anything? Are you with me on that? And now, <laughs> here's JT the Brick. We call that the Jimmy G Open. That was put together a month ago pretty appropriate now right hey put some respect on jimmy g jimmy g we put that together a month ago bobby had the elements of it here and now jimmy g comes through and does a really nice performance in week one i mean it wasn't a great performance but i think he's the type of player jimmy g that can win games for you now how are you going to go in and win in buffalo how can you win in buffalo that is our featured question of the week i give opinions I'd like you to either tweet at JT the Brick, come on in on Instagram, JT the Brick hits, and just tell me how you think the Raiders win this game. I could get deep and elaborate. I think I will later in the week after interviewing some Buffalo insiders. We'll do all that. But my gut tells me coming into this game, there's only one way to win. You're going to have to win in a shootout. I doubt it. I mean, the game camp plan could be simple. Let's run the ball and get to halftime. Let's just get back in the locker room with a manageable score. It's going to be a madhouse there. Bills fans are going to be all over the Raiders. It's going to be loud. It's going to be probably the toughest environment other than Arrowhead. So that being said, just get to halftime. So Josh McDaniels come back in. All right, guys, we're down 14-10. Hey, we're up, you know, we're up uh, 17-14. We got back to halftime. Everybody get hydrated. All we need is 30 minutes and we can win. Hey, Daniel Carlson, I'm going to need three field goals. I'm going to need a knockdown pass from you, Tyree Wilson. Let's go win the game. The only problem I have with this game is it could get away from the Raiders ugly because Buffalo's really good, and Buffalo's 0-1, and they have their home opener. So all summer long, I thought that this could be the game where the Raiders could be down 21-3, 28-7, if they're not careful. But that all changed with me last night when I saw the Buffalo Bills struggle. I said, man, wait, Josh, what's going on with Josh Allen? He's just throwing the ball up in the air. It's like a guy, you know when a tennis player hits the ball into the crowd, he just hits it? You don't know where it's going. He just hit it as hard as he That's what Josh Allen was doing, throwing the ball downfield. Whitehead picked him off three times. Jordan Whitehead, three interceptions. He made a quarter of a million dollars in a bonus. All year long, if he got three total interceptions the whole year, he got a bonus of a quarter of a million dollars. He got it in one game. One game. Aaron Rodgers went down. Let's start with Joe Buck's play-by-play call of that. This is I thought Joe Buck did a great job with Aikman last night, considering the background of this happening to Aaron Rodgers. The former first-round pick of the Bears, and now Rodgers sits down. A loss of 10 on the play, and hopefully... The Jets are thinking that's the only loss on that play. See what happened at the end of it. 
take a look here at the very end, and it's hard to hard to see. Of course, he he had the the calf issue in training camp, but here's a little better look as far as what might have happened for him to go back down to the ground. He's coming out of the game. That means that a few plays into game one, Zach Wilson, the former number two overall pick from BYU. Uh, that's how it sounded on ESPN. That's how it sounded on ESPN last night. Imagine doing that broadcast. You're Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, you waited the entire year to call that game. The whole offseason, as we call it. Troy Aikman's got notes upon notes upon notes. Plus, he's friends with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers going to the Hall of Fame. Troy Aikman's there, and all of a sudden, it's over. Done. Four plays. Gone. Changes the broadcast. If you're a broadcaster, that changes everything. That's why Joe Buck and Aikman are two of the best, so they can handle that broadcast. Dan Orlowski was on Up and Adams with Kate Adams this morning as we were talking about the issue here of the injury and what happens going forward. I, I say this all the time, Kay. Like we under we undervalue greatness so much, and we've seen it so often that we we doubt greatness. We doubt it, and when those when those great players fall off just a little bit, we don't think they can ever get back to being great again. We've seen it with Tom Brady. We've seen it with Tiger Woods. Um, we've seen it with Steph Curry. We've seen it with Kevin Durant. Aaron is in that class for me when it comes to greatness. And, and I just don't think we should just doubt his, his will, his desire, his character, his competitiveness. So that's where we stand there. Uh, that's Dan Orlowski. Also, Dr. David Chow, longtime guest with me, was on Pat McAfee's show. What Dr. David Chow is really good at is he can instantly, in a matter of a minute, tell you what happened in an injury in real time. So he was on Pat McAfee talking about the Achilles, the age of the player, and what goes on now in the future of Aaron Rodgers' career. Medically, I'm confident in his recovery, even though he's 39 and he'll be 40. How does it compare to an ACL? In some ways, it's harder because it takes longer, but in some ways, it's more guaranteed. I'm confident that he can indeed come back. I get he's 40, but even if Aaron Rodgers come back, comes back and he's a little tiny bit less mobile, look, he's still Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers coming off an Achilles, I guarantee you, is more mobile than Tom Brady at 45. <laughs> more mobile than your guy, Peyton Manning. More mobile than my guy, Phillip Rivers, at the age of 25. So I have high optimism because of the mental side, but also the medical side, that he will come back next year. I think that's fascinating. He's right. Because he's going to be able to come back and be good again. He can't retire on an injury. He's got to try to come back. But how ugly would that be? You know, anyone who's over the age, raise your hand and beep your horn if you're over the age of 40. If you play pickup basketball or pickup, you know, Thanksgiving, my birthday is on Thanksgiving. I'm always asked to play football on Thanksgiving. Okay, in my 50s, I can play football still on Thanksgiving. There's a high probability that I will tear, tear an Achilles or tear up my knee. I don't want to do that with my job. And I like to do things and travel and go to concerts. I don't want to be in a boot. So I can go out on Thanksgiving morning and play two hours of football. Used to be tackle, soft tackle, but I'm not going to rupture my Achilles that way. If you play pickup basketball, Danny, if you play pickup basketball, you're still a young guy, right? But you're a big guy. You're on the bigger side, strong guy. Do you ever think in the back of your mind if you play pickup sports that, God forbid, you tear your Achilles? Oh, all the, all the... Oops, sorry about that. All the time, yes. Yeah. 
It's just in the back of your mind. Absolutely. What do you think it's going to be like for Aaron Rodgers at 40 to go back out on the first series with that crap offensive line and all of a sudden pivot and run to his right? You don't think in the back of his mind he's going to think, oh, my God, my Achilles is going to pop? It's absolutely going to be in his mind. Kobe Bryant was the greatest athlete and Dominique Wilkins of playing with the torn Achilles and coming back. They were able to do it and continue their careers. It's almost impossible to do that. So good luck, everybody. I'd like to see Aaron Rodgers come back. Also, he's a very good golfer. And we don't have to take a call on this, but maybe if you'd like to. How do you play golf after you tear your Achilles? Right? He's, he drives the ball big. He's a star athlete. You see him play in these golf tournaments. What happens now after six months from now? He's not going to be able to do anything. He's going to have a ruptured Achilles. What happens when he's on the tee box and he's used to driving at 310, 320, and he turns all of his weight onto his one side to the other, what's going to happen with the Achilles there? I'm sure he'll be thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And to me, it would probably be similar as trying to come back from a knee surgery in right. that way mm-hmm. because you're you're twisting, you're, you're putting a lot of weight on uh, one ankle, shifting to the other, and there is some twisting when you're mm-hmm. hitting. So it could be kind yeah. of similar. It's a mental issue for him. This is guy, Aaron Rodgers, works his ass off. So we all know he's a professional athlete. They work a lot harder than we know. We, see, we don't see things that we do. I talked to a, one of my former friends, not former friends, former Raider employee who I still talk to. He's doing a documentary on Novak Djokovic, a really high-end documentary. Fascinating. He was in Serbia. He's in Serbia at his workouts. And he told me that Novak Djokovic's workouts in Serbia. I go, how good is this guy? Like, what's the difference between him? He says he's the Tom Brady of tennis, but he's a much harder worker than Tom Brady. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tom Brady outworked everybody. He said, no, this is different. This is Serbia. This is running mountains in Serbia. This is a guy that the ball sounds like a bomb coming off his record. His diet, similar to Brady. The guys at this level like Rodgers, Novak Djokovic, Tom Brady, they're at a different level. Jerry Rice, the greatest I've ever seen in the Raider facility. Jerry Rice on the treadmill. After workouts, and you see, you go what go through the locker room, which I did a few times after practice. Jerry Rice not walking on a treadmill, running on a treadmill. Those guys are different. They can come back from injuries. Kobe Bryant, the, the Mamba, maybe the best of all time, recovering from an injury. Aaron Rodgers is a forty-year-old quarterback, man, forty years old, coming off an Achilles. But all that money's guaranteed, man. All that money that he asked for. Right? Signed on the dotted line. The attorneys came in, the agents, making a lot of money to not play for the Jets. It's so unfortunate. 702-365-9200. What do you think about the Bills game after seeing them play and lose to the Jets? Big topic this week as we continue. Raider O, up next here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Hey, what's up, JT? I got cut off yesterday, but I wanted to say that if uh, things are right in the world, uh, you know, everybody would know about Jacoby Myers and uh, how great Jimmy did. So mm-hmm. I want to tell you, my key's going into Buffalo. You know, we've only won two of the last five there. Okay. We have a historically a winning record there. I have some visions of some great wins we've had over the years. Um, and I do think the shootout's going to be part of it. Um, I think that, you know, they highlighted last night that the Buffalo's playing with a rookie corner. And with our offensive weaponry, um, you know, I think we try to attack that set ourselves up to where we can start using the screen game and some run off tackles and, uh, you know, try to come away with what will definitely be a hard fought victory. I don't see in any way us blowing them out of the water, 
But if we could jump on them early, maybe we can capitalize and get uh, mm-hmm. get them frustrated, get some turnovers born out of frustration like we saw last night. Um, we don't want to be in a position where they're just unleashing, unleashing their pass rush. And I don't think we want to try to run up the middle with the big defensive tackles they got and pretty good linebackers um, tackling in there as well. But I know we can do it, JT. And I think anytime you got a zero in the loss column, even after week one, you got to feel positive. If the team goes in there, you know, with a with a playoff mindset, mm-hmm. that, hey, we have to have this game. We got a chance. Let's get it. They can come away with the W. Yeah, I think they can. I think they're going to need a lot of breaks to win this game. I think they're going to need a lot of breaks to win this game. How do you win this game at Buffalo week two? Well, first off, you don't have any snow. I think that's a huge point. You're not playing. We played two cold, cold weather teams on the road to start the season, and we didn't have to play them in snow. The Denver Broncos and the Buffalo Bills. That's a break. Now, Ed Sheeran caused us to be on the road. Ed Sheeran didn't even perform. Different topic for a different day. No one's fault. Ed didn't perform the stage, whatever. None of my business. I didn't go. I went to Santana that night. Thank God. I think the aura of Carlos Santana coming at me during that show gave me Cisco. All my buddy Chris Eaton gave us the ability to say, man, the Raiders are going to win, man. We're drinking a Modelo. Carlos is playing a solo. Said, isn't this the place to be, man? Carlos Santana before a Raider game, and it worked. Maybe I'll have to go see Carlos play again before the Bills. That's a good idea if Andy Vargas is listening. Maybe I need to do that again. All right, uh, Oklahoma Raiders calling in. My son graduated from Oklahoma, and he is gone, and that's how it sounds. Guy calls back, and the guy's not ready to go. That's okay. 702-365-9200 if you want to get in. Levi Edwards joins us next. And Levi's in the building. Saw him today. Uh, Levi's going to tell us exactly what he thinks. Actually, Levi just tweeted it out if you could follow him. Uh, Levi said, spoiler alert, I'll be talking about the Raiders' defense a lot coming up. So we'll get into that with Levi Edwards. And then I'm open the rest of the hour. I'm normally not opened up the rest of the hour because I'm a solo host who doesn't rely on callers dropping and hanging up with dial tones. But I am open the rest of this show and I'm going to do a lot of Aaron Rodgers the rest of the way unless you have a powerful thought on the Raiders and what the Raiders are going to be able to do and how the Raiders are going to be able to win the game. If you believe the Raiders can win, you should be involved with our channel from morning drive all the way to Q Myers after me. Sound off like you got a pair. And remember, Modelo, Modelo Especial. I love Modelo, man. I love my bucket of Modelos. They got me the new boom box for the backyard. I don't need a sound system anymore. I just take this giant boom box, man, to the back corner of my backyard, and I crank it, man, and it melts the ice of my Modelos on a Friday. Modelo, the fighting spirit of Modelo. And the new collector's edition, Jim Plunkett glasses, coming soon. Whoa, wait till you see those. Excited about that. Levi Edwards from the facility when we come back on the other side here. We're getting ready for Buffalo. Tim Graham will join us, Buffalo Bills insider. We have him coming up tomorrow. He's really good. He's been covering the Bills for a long time. Used to cover boxing out here in Vegas. Longtime friend. Tim Graham will join us tomorrow. And I'm working on a couple of guests. And tomorrow, once a Raider, always a Raider, our Raider alumni interview. I'll tell you about that tomorrow, too. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by Local 872, your workforce solution. Uh, Local 872, led by Tommy White. They built 
Allegiant Stadium on time and on budget. Tommy's supposed to join us tomorrow. I want to have him before the Sunday home opener. Sunday home opener is going to be wild here. I, I cannot wait for that Sunday home opener now that the Raiders have won that game on the road at Denver. And that was a game I thought the Raiders would beat the Denver Broncos. They did. Buffalo is a very tough task. But I think the Raiders, after what we saw last night, can do it. Josh Allen and the Bills, you know, they head into this game with questions. And it's up to the Raiders to not let them find the answers. Additionally, the Jets did not test the Bills' defense at all. I think Jimmy G will be able to move the chains and put up points. That would Jack Wilson couldn't do that. Zach Wilson threw a touchdown, and it was a miracle catch. Zach Wilson is not Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is a seasoned veteran. Zach Wilson, they're, they're afraid to give him the playbook there. And Zach Wilson beat Buffalo. They also lost on a special teams punt return to win the game. It's going to be an exciting game up in Orchard Park, New York. Levi Edwards, kind enough to join us. Raiders Insider, Raiders Digital, all the content he provides. So, Levi, let's begin. I know you tweeted out you wanted to talk about the defense. As you looked at the tape and you talked to Coach McDaniels as he met the media, give me a couple of bullet points on the defensive side of the ball before we get to the Bills. The defense, uh, it was definitely a, you know, a bend but not break defense. And we got to see that because what I loved about it is they fought hard, they were gritty, but more importantly, they did it at the times when it matters. You know, Mm -hmm. you can play great defense for the first three quarters of the game. We saw them do that a lot in last season for things not to go their way. But they played great, gritty defense towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter when it came down to win it, which is what matters. Uh, The second half, they came out, and they looked like a completely different team than what we saw in the first half. Russell Wilson had two incompletions, two incompletions with two touchdowns in the first half. Then came back out in the second half, had 52 passing yards. So whatever Patrick Graham, whatever he did, whatever adjustments he made, whether it was schematically or whether it was just preaching effort to his guys, you could see it. And Max Crosby, he did his thing. We already knew he was going to do that. That was obvious. But then you also got to see a lot of Devon Diablo step up. You got to see Nate Hobbs moving back from outside corner to nickel. He stepped up in a big way. Spillane stepped up. Tillery got the sack. Uh, there was a lot of players that, that stepped up, and they just looked very cohesive in that second half. I agree with you. I'm happy you mentioned Tillery. He needs to have smarter plays. As Dave Ziegler says, they want faster, smarter, more explosive players. Tillery can't hurt this team with some mistakes. He can't make mental mistakes going forward. Hey, Levi, how come they didn't throw at Marcus Peters? What was going on there? I mean, why wasn't he tested for his age, new system? I know he gets a lot of respect around the league, but I'm surprised Russell Wilson didn't throw at him. Yeah, well, the thing is that, like like I said, second-half adjustments. Uh, Marcus Mm. Peters was challenged a good bit in the first half. Uh, and you know, obviously, he has the he has the responsibility of going up against the top guys that mm-hmm. you know, whatever the opposing defense has. So he had to go up against Cortland Sutton a lot. And so, you know, in the first half, he you know kind of had his moments where he kind of struggled a little bit. In the second half, he was the Marcus Peters that the Raiders signed him to be. He was locked down, and also uh, to point out on three key plays, a story that we just wrote yesterday. There was uh, one play where the Raiders could, be, could have given up seven points, and they would have been down ten points in the fourth quarter with less than ten minutes to go. And there was one play where Marcus Peters 
played his assignment perfectly. He was able to stick on his guy and kind of close down the passing lane for Russell Wilson. Then Max Crosby came off. He rushed Russell Wilson, made him throw away the ball on third and goal, and then limits them to three points. Next drive, Raiders go down the field, score a touchdown, go up 17-16. So Marcus Peters, while you look at the you look at the stat sheet, he didn't do a whole lot. But if you watched the game and you saw what he was able to do in terms of taking away Corlea Sunday in the second half, he was great. Levi Edwards joins us. Let's take a look at these splits for the defense first half versus the second half. First half, they give up 161 total yards, 99 in the second half, passing 125 first half, only 41 in the second half. And then what I thought was the key is that in the first half, they gave up 14 first downs to eight in the second half. Three points was the key. So how much was that was Patrick Graham? and the adjustments that he made there. You just talked about Peters and the adjustments. Can you give me another player or a theme that you saw in the second half against Russell Wilson, one of the great quarterbacks of over the last decade? Really, uh, just very collective front seven. If I had to say, you know, a deciding factor that really stepped in the second half, it was really just the front seven in general. Uh, You got Malcolm Kuntz and Jerry Tillery coming off the edge, and they were coming really fast, really strong. They looked really good opposite of Max Crosby along with the interior pressure you were able to get. Even Byron Young. Byron Young got in the game in the second half. Uh, it got some reps, and he looked pretty good with the amount of reps that he was given in that game as a, as a third-round rookie. That's, that's great if you can get that kind of contribution from him late in the game. Diablo, he looked fantastic in terms of being mm-hmm. able to fly to the ball, whether it was a screenplay, whether it was in coverage. You know, he's a former – strong safety, as we all know, from Virginia Tech, and, and you could see it at linebacker. And he was a guy that I predicted to have a breakout season. Last year, he was leading the team tasks before he got hurt. Devon Diablo, Devon Diablo really stuffed up in a huge way, I feel, in the second half and, and everything that he was able to do. So really just that front seven with the linebacker play as well as the, the front defensive line, they made things really hard for Russell Wilson to get things going in that running game. So I really think that that area of the defense in general uh, was something that Patrick Grant probably really made adjustments to and really emphasized, uh, and it helped out the, the back as well. Levi Edwards, as we wrap it up, digital team over there, the great content that he provides. Uh, one more on defense for Nate Hobbs. Now we move to Buffalo. I think Nate Hobbs plays a big role because as he plays in the slot, he can get to the quarterback, he can blitz off the edge, he can make a tackle behind the line of scrimmage. This is a big test for him because Josh Allen is an elite runner. He's got a massive arm. He can make every throw. But if he's not trying to go at Nate Hobbs in the passing game, Nate Hobbs has to go after him and tackle him. What do you see in this particular matchup that you like about Nate Hobbs, along with Diablo, who you just mentioned? Uh, the two things that you just mentioned – is, uh, I mean, obviously versatility uh, that both of them bring to their position. They're two guys that can not only cover, but they can rush. They fly to the ball, and we saw that. But the tackling. And if anybody's seen Raiders football in 2022, previous season, you know that open field tackling at times was a bit of an issue for that defense. And I did not see a tackling issue at all against the Denver Broncos in week one. And when you are going up against Josh Allen, who, okay, you put pressure on him in the pocket, you know, to try to make a pass, guess what? He's going to run. 
he's going to leave that pocket and he's going to get the first down. And then, so on top of that, once he, once he leaves the pocket, you have to have guys like Diablo, Nate, to be right there, get the tackle. So they're going to be crucial against a dual-threat guy like Josh because if you rush after him, you get pressure on him, all he'll do is just leave and go make a play with his legs. So you've got to be there to get that big body down to the ground. All right, as we wrap it up, this is a big game. Why did the Raiders go out from what you can tell with Josh McDaniels to West Virginia early? We had Eric Allen on yesterday, and Eric says, look, they've been trying to figure this out with NFL travel since the 70s. Sometimes it works, other times it don't. There's no guarantee that it's going to work, but if it does work, everybody feels like a genius. I like the move here much better because the Raiders are coming off a win and not a loss where they're going to be all sitting there in West Virginia after a loss. Now I think a little bit looser, healthy, coming into a game. We'll wait to see what happens with Jacoby Myers, some of the other guys that got banged up, but what do you like about the move to get ahead of this game? Well, you really – well, first and foremost, you get over there and you get to adjust the East Coast time. That's really the big thing at, at play because, you know, when you're going from time zone to time zone, it can be rough. So you're going from Pacific Standard Time to Mountain Time, back to Pacific, and then you have to go over to Eastern. So, like, now they can get a solid jump on being, you know, in that time zone for at least, you know, four or five days going into Buffalo so they feel, you know, rejuvenized, and, you know, and – you know, refreshed going into this game. So you have that reason in particular, but also this can only provide, you know, benefits for the chemistry of the team, of them being able to be together, like you said, be loose, coming off of a win, kind of be able to bond uh, and just kind of have a chain, of, you know, a change of scenery, get some grass in, you know, be able to see some mountains, you know, just kind of, you know, let loose, kind of, you know, get their minds right for a big game coming up. So I think it was definitely a great decision for the team, like you said, especially coming off full win. Yeah, I think it's a great bonding moment, but those bonding moments are better when you're winning and you're not sitting there going, oh, my God, we lost. If we lose, we're 0-2. Now the Raiders are playing with house money. they got to feel real good about themselves. They, I thought they stole the game. They could have lost that game. There were a lot of things going against them, the penalties, just some of the struggles, and they found the resiliency to win that game. Levi, busy week. I'll talk to you. I'll see you in the building. Thanks for coming on with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You got it. Levi Edwards, one of our insiders here. This is his grid. As I often tell you, we put together the two-week grid. We talked to Levi today at exact this time, two weeks from now. Bill Williamson tomorrow. Uh, Tim Graham from Buffalo. Buffalo.com is going to join us. Also tomorrow, I'm working on a couple of other insiders to jump in. We'll have our alumni. I think our alumni is going to either be James Lofton or Phil Villapiano. Uh, nice to choose from those two guys, huh? <laughs> those are two good alumni to have. Once a Raider, always a Raider. The breaking news, Aaron Rodgers is gone for the year. How that impacts the upcoming draft. Second-round pick the Jets sent to the Packers were conditional on the quarterback's playing time. He's not playing. He barely played. He was running for his life on only four plays. So that affects the Green Bay Packers going forward. It also affects the Jets. Woody Johnson, did you see the owner of the Jets last night? Showed him a couple of times. I think he's in his 70s. Let's Google how old he is, Woody Johnson. He's there with a platinum diamond necklace that says Woody on and his baseball cap. I'm like, that's kind of weird. I mean, look, you know, Al Davis wore unbelievable, great black leather jackets, unique, the shoes, Al Davis, the Maverick. But Woody last night, former ambassador to Ireland, is sitting there with this gaudy diamond chain that said Woody. And they put the camera on him when Aaron Rodgers was carted off. It looked like he saw a ghost. How old's Woody Johnson there? 
According to his Wikipedia page, he he is 76. 76. You own a team at the age of 76, man, you want to win. And you want to win badly. And the Jets just haven't won since Super Bowl three. And Joe Namath and all the stars that the Giants had in the house the night before the Jets had. It was a beautiful rendition of the anthem. A beautiful tribute on 9-11 for those who obviously observe it. We should all observe 9-11 every year, but the New Yorkers who were impacted more were highly emotional there. You know, you got people in the building for Aaron Rodgers to play, Jet fans, who lost their dads or their moms in the towers. For real. I mean, families are there. They're invited there by the Jets to be a part of the ceremony, and that's the bigger picture. Beautiful ceremony, and then they're there. They're sitting in their seats getting their first beverage. Yeah, excuse me, can you get up? i got to get to my seat. You sit down, Aaron Rodgers, gone for the year. What? Gone for the year? What do you mean gone for the year? I bought season tickets. Imagine having Raiders season tickets, and before the Raiders open up the season, something like that happens. Before you even sit down for your first game. You look at a devastating injury, and that's what football is. Football is tough. On any given moment, your career can end, let alone the season, and that's why I always respect the players. Now, I'm critical of players when they don't play well, but they do what we can't do. They out, they're out there to entertain us and to put on a show. And another uh, very sad story today, former NFL receiver Mike Williams died at the age of 36. Such a sad story. He was hospitalized in intensive care after a construction accident in Tampa left him paralyzed. The Tampa Bay Times cited this. The mother of Williams' eight-year-old daughter reported that he was taken off the ventilator today. What a sad story. He's from Buffalo, New York. Played nearby at Syracuse University. He burst on the scene in 2010 as a fourth-round pick for the Buccaneers. He had 65 receptions for 964 yards and 11 touchdowns. He got off to a great start. He was the Offensive Rookie of the Year when he came there. He was second, excuse me, in the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, He finished his career with 223 catches, over 3,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, and 52 starts, four years with the Bucs and one with the Buffalo Bills. Williams was last on an NFL roster in the 2016 offseason with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Sad to report the story. Mike Williams dies at the age of 36. That's a bigger story than a football score. Good, good player. And a lot of our listeners and the people, I went to college outside Syracuse. He was a great college player. Really good college player. And taken too soon from all that. I got a couple other stats I want to get to on the other side here. Let's hear from a couple of Raider fans who join us late. You know, our show starts lunchtime. Lunchtime in Las Vegas. But it's evening drive back in New York. And I'm proud of all the New Yorkers that listen to us and everybody up and down the East Coast. The show's from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. I consider it a national show because it's on the Raiders mobile app where most of our audience comes from the Raiders mobile app and a big audience here in Vegas who stream us also. You can download the show via the Raiders mobile app. Just click on the radio, which you do, or tell your friends about it. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. I worked with Q for a couple hours this morning on Raiders Roundtable. You can find that on all the Raiders platforms and when we come back what do the Packers now do the Packers lost out on some upside they got rid of Aaron Rodgers but they said hey we want this in return it's all gone it's all on Jordan Love who the Raiders see quite quickly here on Monday Night Football we get the Packers without Aaron Rodgers okay Aaron Rodgers should have retired a Packer come on he's a legend so we get the Packers home 
without Aaron Rodgers. We get the Jets at home without Aaron Rodgers. And we get the Steelers here without Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger, Kenny Pickett. Can the Raiders feast on this schedule coming up after Buffalo? I'll get into that next. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by Commissario Tequila. The official tequila of the JT The Brick Show. I want to talk about tequila. That is a monster tequila company. Because it's small and boutique, but they're winning all the medals. Tequila Commissario is winning all the medals. You know, like George Clooney and Randy Gerber are trying to go out there with their tequila. I got the Maloofs and their tequila that are winning medals. Everybody's saying, hey, give me some of this tequila. Get it into my casino like the Bellagio. So Tequila Commissario, proud partner of our show. We'll be talking a lot about them. We're just trying to figure out how to fit everybody into the show on two hours every day with all of our proud partners here, and we love them all equally. Anyone who does business with us, we make it a priority because we're a business here on Raider Nation Radio, and we appreciate your support. When you do hear these spots and the live reads and the commercials, we ask you to go support our partners here because they give us a radio show. Without them, we do not have a radio show. We're all sitting at home doing podcasts. Uh, This is big-time radio because we have big-time partners here on Raider Nation Radio. So Aaron Rodgers is out. I'm still in shock from just the level that it's such a big sports story. And covering sports and to know what's big and small and what's important and not important, this is a massive story. I cannot believe that a guy, it just it's unfathomable to think that a guy could get hurt four plays into his career with a new team who's a Hall of Famer. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not used to that. It would, it would be like John Elway in his last season, rupturing his Achilles, or Peyton Manning, who was hurt in his last season. Remember the neck injury, and he was he was really in rough shape, but he finished. He won a Super Bowl. Look at the guys who haven't been able to finish their career. It's rare when a legend has to stop. A legend goes, look, I want to keep playing, but I can't. I'm injured. That's what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. I know that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and try to play. I just don't think he's going to be productive because the injury was so severe. Saved Raider is up next here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Thank you. JT the Brick, a pleasure, man. I'm out here. Um, I live in Connecticut, but I'm from East Oakland. But I'm at the Boston International uh, Logan Airport mm-hmm. watching planes come and go, listening to you. Thank you. I'm excited about, I'm excited about the game, man. We got uh, Bills, can't afford to go 0-2 energy. About to meet the Raiders. Let's go two and zero and be ahead of the Chiefs and everybody else in the AFC West. Energy about to collide. I'm excited about that. I'm not afraid. All the Raiders got to do, I believe, is to play a clean game when we win that game. Keep the penalties down, zero to no more than three. I think we come out of there with a W. I'm excited. Keep up the good work. I appreciate what you Thank you. A great call from Logan Airport, man. Been there in and out a few times in my life. There in Beantown. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, thank you there. The Raiders did not play a clean game in the first game. That was, the, that was one of the concerns that I had. And I'm very fortunate that they were able to hold on and win that game and run out the clock and do it because the Raiders had 10 penalties. And so did Denver in that game. That was not a clean game. By any circumstance, and it's got to be cleaner going forward. You can't have penalties like that and win at Buffalo. You nuts! You're gonna you're not gonna win at Buffalo with eight, nine, ten penalties. It's impossible to do it. 
So play a clean game. And I know that Josh McDaniels, the little that I do know Josh McDaniels personally, I think he's a servant when it comes to football knowledge. I'm not saying he's going to win every game. I'm not saying he's an elite head coach. He's not there yet. But he knows football as good as anyone that I've ever met in my life, in this organization and outside. If you talk to him about football, he's one of the sharpest minds, period. Now he's got to put together a game plan. They had easy game plans in Buffalo for a long time. If you look post-Jim Kelly and before Josh Allen, you know every time Belichick and Josh McDaniels got off the bus with Matt Patricia, Gronk, Tom Brady, and Buffalo, they walked in the locker room, dropped their bags, warmed up a little bit, destroyed them, destroyed them, got on the bus, Really short flight to Foxborough. Everyone went home to their families. Sunday night, had a great meal. Oh, what happened? You're home. What happened, Dad? You're home from from the game? Oh, yeah, we beat the Buffalo Bills. We beat the Jets. They feasted. Feasted. McDaniels and Belichick on the Jets and the Buffalo Bills for over a decade. Automatic wins. And you know what Josh McDaniels did when he came to the Raiders? He took every one of those Brady game plans, and he put it in his bag, and he walked out with it, and he has it. Just give it to Jimmy G. But the problem is the Bills are better than those Bills teams that I'm talking about. Now the Bills are a Super Bowl contender, and they're going to be very tough to beat. More reaction from the Aaron Rodgers injury. This was from Dan Lebitard on his show earlier today. Stu guys, the Jets won the game, and I will say to the entirety of the audience that their season just became a regional season. They just went from a national team to a local team, even if their defense is great. Right. And that scared little boy, Zach Wilson, leads them to 9-7. and seven. He looks like a scared little boy. That's because he's scared. Uh, the Jets don't trust him. Uh, he does look scared out there. It's what an amazing turn of events because you have that happen. I've been telling you guys forever, when you play for the Jets, you're not just trying to – overcome your opponent you're trying to overcome the Jets the Jets are their toughest opponent you are trying to come over and you are trying to get past 30 years of bad luck of jinxes and he's right about that on the Dan Lebitard show it's been 30 years and I know there's a lot of Raider fans beat up over the last you know couple of years Raiders recently made the playoffs but it's been a long drought for the Raiders after Rich Cannon and Eric Allen and Charles Woodson. It's been a long drought, and they're trying to build the Raiders up so the Bills can, excuse me, the Raiders can consistently go back to the playoffs. How many times has Dave Ziegler said on record, we want to build the organization to a level? He always mentions the Ravens, the Ravens a lot. And maybe Dave does that because he was with the Patriots so long and he knows the room of Raider fans, and he'll say the Ravens or the Packers. The Chiefs, obviously. You want to get it to where you're going to go back to the playoffs every year. Isn't that what you think of the Ravens every year? I do. And I'm saying the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl, but they're going to go to the playoffs every year. We want the Raiders to be at a point where every year I come on the show, I'm saying, yeah, the Raiders this year are playing for the division, worst-case scenario, a wild card. That's what it feels like the Bengals are doing now with Joe Burrow. They're going to start and do that. It feels like the Chargers can do that, but they don't. Because the Chargers are always going to charge her. But the Raiders can do it if this core group of very good players, especially the veterans, stay together for another year or two, along with the younger players and one more draft and one more year of free agency. I think they'll have a core in place that can go back to the playoffs or go to the playoffs four or five years in a row. It's the only chance you have a win in the Super Bowl. 
just can't get lucky one year and get into the playoffs and go, oh, we're going to win the Super Bowl, but we went all in with our chips, and now we're not going to be back for five more years. That's the plan that I've been trying to tell you all that I'm privy to. What's unique about it, or not unique about it, it's the same plan Gruden had. Gruden pulled me aside and said, our plan is to build the team that could be sustainable for a long period of time and go back to the playoffs and win. Kind of the same thing these guys are telling me. We want to get the team to a level with smarter, more explosive players and disruptors. So every year we're telling Mark Davis, yeah, Mark, we're going to the playoffs. We're hoping to win the Super Bowl, but we're definitely going to the playoffs. That's why when you build a team that way, that over four or five years, you'll go to a Super Bowl and win one. The only other way is to get lucky. Pick one year to go all in with a young quarterback who's not under a big contract and hope that you win and there's some injuries on other teams and you thread the needle. It's not hard for the Ravens and the Packers and the Niners right now to thread the needle. I mean, I'm convinced the Niners are going to go to the playoffs every year. If it turns out that this guy Brock Purdy's good, and I'm not going to say he's, he's, always, he's obviously good. I mean to be very good in the lead. If this guy develops into a very good quarterback, the Niners are going to go to the playoffs for the next three or four years. They might win a Super Bowl. Most Raider Nation don't want to see that. But they have the core players to think that they can do it year in and year out. And Kansas City's been able to do that. So uh, one more look before I get out of here at the moving lines that are coming in here for the NFL. I told you there were a couple of games I'm keeping a closer eye on because of line moves. And when you see a line move and it moves significantly from a favorite or not, Atlanta opened up a point-and-a-half favorite. Now Green Bay is a two-point favorite over Atlanta in Atlanta. Uh, Jordan Love played really well in his first game. I like Atlanta catching points at home in that game. Here's a stinker. How come the Raiders don't get a game like this week too, Danny? Indianapolis at Houston. I demand to know by the league office why the Raiders don't get a game like that. Why week two? Why the hell are we in Buffalo? Oh, Ed Sheeran, I forgot. I, I forgot. Ed Sheeran, I forgot about that. Bite my tongue. Seattle, Detroit. Line opened up initially. Detroit minus two and a half, and now it's six. Woo! That's a line move. Detroit minus six. Tampa Bay, Chicago, Baker Mayfield. Chicago was a one and a half point favorite when the line opened up. You know who's the favorite now? Baker Mayfield, minus three at home. Tampa Bay. Las Vegas, Buffalo. Line opened up initially, minus eight. It went to 10. Uh, the Superbook, Jeff Sherman joined us earlier. Buffalo, minus nine and a half. The total is 47. I love the over in this game. I do. I love the over in this game. I think the Raiders will have to embrace the shootout. I think it could be a very high-scoring game. Uh, Kansas City uh, is a three-point favorite against Jacksonville. Love to see Jacksonville win that game outright. And the Jets in Dallas is the big line move today because Aaron Rodgers has been ruled out for the year. Line initially was the Jets minus three. Excuse me, Dallas minus three. You get three for playing at home. So it was almost a pick'em game. Now it's Dallas minus nine and a half. Jeff Sherman doesn't think it'll go to ten. I think some Cowboy fans are waiting for ten to come there. So some of the games that we're keeping an eye on, and we'll keep an eye on all of them for you. We do have a Thursday night game. It starts off Minnesota, Philadelphia. Philadelphia is laying seven at home. I like Minnesota to cover that spread. Philadelphia is a good team. I think they're going to lose a game or two this year we don't expect. Minnesota won 13 games last year. They're a seven-point underdog there where I like that. 
So thanks to Danny for doing the show. Danny, I appreciate it today, sitting in for Bobby, and you'll be here. You're not sitting anymore. This is your show on Tuesday's Raiders Roundtable. We produced that today. It is out on YouTube, and uh, tomorrow night I'll do a YouTube show from home. At night there, I'll send out the alert. Maybe you can jump on with me and chat along on YouTube. Just subscribe in my bio at Twitter, at JT the Brick. Tomorrow we're loaded. we got a full show loaded up tomorrow uh, with many Raider insiders coming on. We'll tell you about that. Vince Sapienza, Bill Williamson will join us. Tim Graham, who covers the Buffalo Bills, he's going to be fantastic. And a Raider alumni, a game-time decision on who that's going to be tomorrow. Thanks to all of our proud partners. Thanks to the website. Thanks for going to Raiders.com and LVSportsNetwork.com. The show is podcast every day if you miss that. Have a great day, everybody. I'm going to have a great day. I'm going to have a fun day today. Looking forward to it. And my day begins early today on Tuesdays, and it ends right now on the radio. But check me out on social media. There could be more breaking news tonight. We'll get to that later on. Have a great day. Q's on deck. He's on remote. Make sure you support Q and his great show every day.